guys. Welcome to episode 18 of Color and Emotion. <laughs> I'm like, okay, this is take four because I was starting to feel like I was like rambling and oversharing and I don't really know how to edit. I mean, I know how to edit, but I just am not interested in that. So then I like started over, but then I like totally killed my own vibe and my mojo and my momentum. So here we are. I'm going to try again. Basically on today's episode, I'm talking about marriage and I was giving a little bit of like story time context for why I always find myself at what people refer to as like the dark night of the soul (laughs) when it comes to marriage. And the reason is because as long as I can remember, the only thing I've ever wanted to be is a wife. Like when I was very, very young, I always, like my literal earliest memory, you guys, is at somebody's wedding. Like I remember I was probably about two or so and I was at my aunt and uncle's wedding and like they got married in the city And there was this tractor in the middle of the city. And I was like, what is this tractor doing in the middle of the city? And that's like my earliest thing that I remember. And when I was younger, I would tell people like, you remember that happened? And they're like, no, what are you even talking about? I think you made that up. Then we looked at the photo album. Lo and behold, there was a tractor in the middle of the city at the wedding. So (laughs) anyways, um, fast forward to me being in college. And I went to college in the South. It was definitely like a ring by spring culture, but that's not really the culture that I came out of. Like my parents got married when they were super young and my mom kind of always had the reverse encouragement, which is you will 100% go to school and like do something with your life. And if you get married, great, that'll be awesome. But I never wanted to do anything besides just be a wife and a mom. Like I came up with a plan because I felt like it was, you know, there was an onus on me to have a plan. So I wanted to be a clinical psychologist, but I wanted to be like a marriage and family therapist because I have always been passionate about marriage and family. So when I was in college, like my passion and obsession for marriage was not so much in the vein of like, I need a ring by spring. It was like, I want God's people to have healthy marriages and healthy families. And like, I want to contribute to the kingdom in that way. So as my personal academic plan was kind of like falling apart because I was starting to realize like, oh, this is definitely not the life for me. Like I have absolutely no interest in graduate school. I kind of tried to adjust my plan to like, well, maybe I don't want to go to graduate school, but I think seminary would be awesome. So I like tried to come up with this version of that original plan where I would go to seminary and become a marriage and family therapist. Also didn't happen because I failed out of pre-calculus and then I was like, forget the whole thing. (laughs) Because like, again, like my specific plan was time bound and I felt like the schedule wasn't cooperating with my grandmaster plan. And so it felt like the plan itself was broken and needed to be constantly adjusted to make time. And when I was um, processing the rest of my thoughts about this sort of emotional existential crisis I was having in my last podcast episode about like being I'm, I'm going to be 34 in a month and just kind of like really just it's not even grief I feel like I've healthfully grieved certain things in my life and then I just get in these moments where I'm just like in my feelings and hormonal and like feeling sorry for myself and I have to like speak to my soul and encourage myself in the Lord and just bring that to the Lord and let him help me process it yet again or whatever And so really I was just kind of like in my feelings and I was just thinking about like, it's too late for me for a lot of things. Like to be completely honest, like it's too late for me to be 
to spend my 20s being a wife and mom. It's too late for me to be rescued in the way that I originally wanted marriage to rescue me. But that is actually the pure grace of God because marriage is not designed to rescue people from having to be an adult. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like that's just the most ridiculous, unhealthy thing ever. But I know that I'm not the only person that in the back of their mind kind of like wants to be rescued. And I came up against this again recently and it sparked kind of like the rabbit trail of this podcast because basically I'm going to talk about like this probably unpopular opinion that I have developed over the past couple months. But then also I did want to talk about like time and covenant and the nature of what marriage is. So first though, I was thinking about um, wanting to be rescued. I was also thinking about how the Lord has really like worked in me in the past couple of years to reveal like, actually, even though when I was in college, my obsession and passion for marriage wasn't specific to like me getting married and feeling like I needed to have this ring by spring. It was more like, I want to contribute to the kingdom by helping God's people have healthy marriages. So I would like go to these marriage conferences at my church. And like, basically I just studied marriage all the time and like read a ton of books and all this stuff. Um, And so I felt like I had the principles down and I was like equipped and had the wisdom to be like an awesome wife. But I think in reality, I would have been a trash wife because the emotional component and the attachment style, all the things that actually contribute to like emotional intimacy in a covenant, they weren't there. They were vastly underdeveloped. And I just, it was a blind spot for me, honestly, until like the past couple of years. So I was thinking about how I was like talking to this guy a couple of years ago. And it was going about the way that it tended to, which was not well. (laughs) Like I, okay, here's the other thing. Part of the way that my, this thing being like in the middle of my soul, my whole life is like my heart's desire. Like I literally, this is take four. So if I'm rambling and repeating myself, please forgive me. But I'm just trying to get across like, since I can remember what I wanted to be when I grew up was a wife and mom. Like that's all I ever really wanted to be. And in my mind as a kid, I didn't really have a category or concept for like just being a wife because everybody I knew that was married also had kids. So I just coupled it all together. Like I want to be a wife and mom. I want to have a family. But like the older I get, the more I realize like even if I never had a child, even if it was just me and my husband and we were like 89 and we got married and died the next day, like it wouldn't be a waste because of the beauty and the glory of what covenant is. So anyway, fast backwards, I guess, to <laughs> a couple years ago, I was having a conversation with this guy because we were just, it was not going well. We were falling apart and we knew it. So we were talking about it and basically... In that conversation, he was communicating his experience of like feeling like I didn't give him a chance to develop a plan and lead. And I was a little bit frustrated because I'm like, well, why are you even trying to date somebody if you don't already have a plan? Like, (laughs) you know what I'm saying? But in that conversation, the way that he presented his case, like I felt so checked. And at first I felt some type of way, like, excuse you, who do you think you are? But I didn't say that. And later the Lord helped me recognize like, Up until that very conversation, I had been unwilling to be led by God through a man. And that is part of how God designed for marriage to be. Like there is this mutual submission involved, but there's also the headship of the husband as Christ is the head of the church. And it's like such an unpopular opinion. And it 
has been abused in a lot of ways over the course of history, but it doesn't change the original design. And when you have two healthy people, part of a healthy system doing it God's way, like it actually works well. And so I was thinking about how like in that moment, like I felt some type of way, but I also was kind of like, oh, hey, like (laughs) if I had known that you had this capacity to leave, well, maybe I would have behaved differently this whole time. But it made me think of, um, there's this video going around of like David and Victoria Beckham. And apparently, okay, so this is just my disclaimer. I've been spending absolutely way too much time on Instagram lately because Songtober is happening and I was uploading videos and then I would just, you have to apparently keep the app open while the video loads. And so then I was just like scrolling endlessly. And so if you want to listen to Songtober, then feel free to do that. The last episode is going, or not episode, installment, I guess, segment will be released tomorrow. Um, anyway, so saw this video of David and Victoria Beckham. Apparently they have some kind of show and she was like on this couch being interviewed and talking about how she grew up working class. And then David like pokes his head out of some other room and he's like, okay, that's not true. (laughs) She's like, no, really? Like, whatever. He's like, what kind of car did your dad drive you to school in? And then she like dances around the question. He's like, what kind of car did your dad drive you to school in? And then she's like, well, in the 1980s, we had a Rolls Royce. And he's like, okay. And then he just like closes the door. And it's just so funny. And the interesting thing to me is that in the comments, you have all these people who are using this phrase that like accountability is a woman's kryptonite. And I think partially because a lot of people, well, I don't have to insult anybody's education. What I've noticed in comments is that people don't seem to have been educated in the same way that was popular a decade and a half ago, but that will be the end of how far I go on that tangent. So it's clear that people are not using kryptonite the same way in the comments because some people are using it in this like misogynistic way where it's like they're actually trying to express that women don't like it and that it makes them like, um, I don't know, like it's a trigger for them. But other people are using it in a way of like, it's their weakness in the sense of like, when a man holds them accountable, then they're like, oh, definitely yes. And like, I have experienced that, like in the conversation with that guy I was talking about, but also recently, like over the summer, I was having this conversation with somebody. And at first I was like, first of all, who do you think you are? But then at the same time, I was just kind of like, oh, hey, because there's something about like that masculine, like gentle playfulness correction. That is part of the design of the dynamic that God embedded into marriage. And so obviously if you're not actually married to somebody like men don't have to go around checking and mansplaining all the things. But when you are in that context, like it serves a function. And so then I was thinking like, imagine if that had happened in the Garden of Eden. Like what if Adam was like, girl, what are you doing? Or like even just like playfully slap the fruit out of her hand. All of this stuff that's going wrong might not even be going wrong if he had actually just like checked her in that moment. And it doesn't have to be this weird thing. It can just be people functioning in the way that God designed them to function as male and female. So that is the first thing that I was thinking. And then just, I've been super grateful because I feel like it's going to help me and my relationship when I do get married to just kind of like bear that in mind that like there is a divine functionality in men taking um, a role of leadership and like holding women accountable to being honest with themselves. Cause a lot of times that's what it is. Like I was also having a conversation recently with somebody and I feel like this person likes drama, but they won't admit it to themselves. And so 
I feel like they would actually just enjoy their life a lot more if they would just own it. Like, I like drama. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because there are other people that like drama too and you guys can go be dramatic together. But like, if you constantly are like, I don't like drama, but you're creating it, like, that's not honest, it's not authentic, and it's not healthy. So the other thought that I was having was, again, with regard to what the nature of covenant and covenant is. And so that's what makes this like functionality of like accountability work is because you are committed to that person in love. And, um, before this, like, these are some like more recent thoughts, but over the past couple of years, as I've been writing music and as I was developing this specific collection of songs that I have in mind to record as an EP, which is actually not going to be probably my next release after all, because of a long story. The point is, I feel like the Lord has experientially shown me through like rejection, unrequited love, literally none of my relationships working out (laughs) that like, he's been teaching me that free will communicate something about love that we haven't really seen because we tend to overemphasize the sovereignty of God in a way that um, dims the fact that he has given us a great deal of agency to act as free agents in our relationships and in the earth. And why that's so important is because love has to be free. Like if, if you don't have a choice, then there's something in that that compromises the purity of it actually being love. And so to that end, when you recognize that we have been made in the image of God to have free will, then you can like begin to see that the highest act of volition is willful submission. So like if you have a will, you have these thoughts and you like voluntarily put that aside for the good of someone else because you love them and you want them to experience something in a particular way. Like that's the highest thing you can do with your will is lay it down on purpose with open eyes and clarity so that somebody else can experience good. And so that is the thing that we have to keep in mind when we talk about marriage. It's not just a built-in social partner. (laughs) Like there's so much more to it because like, Um, And what I was thinking is that I feel like in scripture, I was two of the passages or places in scripture that kind of was bringing this thought to mind is Ephesians 6 and Isaiah, like the book of Isaiah. I think I was reading some different places where it feels like God sometimes uses marriage interchangeably with covenant because in his mind, marriage is a type of covenant and it's the highest form of covenant that humans engage in, but like covenant is what marriage is. You know what I'm saying? It's not that. And I think like we hear that more nowadays, which is good, but I don't know that we really understand what a covenant is partially because of this free will component to it. But anyway, um, and, and so what I was thinking was because there's like these, these parts where like the Lord says, like you're, he's talking to, um, the people of Israel specific to the promise that he gave them overland. And I'm not, I mean, it's always relevant because it's always fighting over there, but I'm not trying to 
be a certain way about what's happening right now. It's just in the Bible and I was reading it. So he was, he promised it to a specific group of people. And he was like saying like, if you don't get your life together, then this is what's going to happen. You're not going to have what I want for you to have. But if you do get your life together, and even when it takes you forever to get there, because I'm gracious and because I am obligating myself to you through covenant, then your sons will marry the land. And it's like this interesting language because it feels if you read the passage, it's like this mixed metaphor of like a maternal relationship that the land has to the sons, but then also this marriage. And like, obviously sons are not supposed to marry their moms or mother-in-laws. Like that's very clear in scripture. So what that led me to realize is that like, oh, God is like, it's a covenant. It's like your sons will be covenanted to the land in the same way that marriage works as a covenant. Hopefully this is making sense. Obviously I don't have it all figured out. I'm still processing it, but that was like the thing that was kind of like, okay, like it helped me understand a little bit more the way God sees marriage and family is through the lens of covenant, which is also something that I've been thinking a bit about lately because I was thinking about um, the church as the bride of Christ and therefore the daughter of God. And just thinking a lot about like femininity and like all these different things coming into play and just like God's design and desires for family. So in conclusion, (laughs) what he helped me kind of like rest in more deeply again this past week was that like, because of the nature of what covenant is, it's never too late to enter into a covenant. And by design, covenants get better over time. So like the fact that like I'm still single and even just that phrasing, like I'm still single, like it's just stretching on forever. Like it just, I'm, it sounds old to me in my ear because I've had these ebbs and flows where like, I've been so glad that I haven't gotten married either because of the people that I was trying to marry at the time or because of who I was that I'm like, yikes, that would have been a hot mess. It's too much for anybody to deal with. But like, just recognizing that God is very intentional in the seasons of my life. And even if I could have like gotten with the program sooner with this whole music thing, and that could have changed different outcomes, like the covenant that God has with me has become so much more seasoned and developed, even when I've taken a long time to willfully submit my will and what I want for my life for what he wants for my life. And the thing too, about like being in covenant with God is that like, his will is always better. Like and with a person, maybe you want to go to seafood and they want to go for pizza. And like one of you guys actually does have a logistically better idea or like little do you know the seafood place got a bad shipment. And so now everybody has like is sick. Like that doesn't happen with God. Like he always has a better plan. He always has a better idea and he's never going to force it. So just like in these past couple of years, just like learning to live in rich, honest, authentic covenant with the Lord, where like I bring my whole emotional life to him has honestly felt like a marriage sometimes. And it's been so rewarding. And it's also been like so refining because it has like, uh, like, I mean, I guess refining is just the word because there's fire involved. Like I just feel so refined because it has required so much of me to not quit on God in moments where I've been like so messy and so angry and so upset with him. But like, All these things that like, if I hadn't worked it out with him, it would have just shown up in super unhealthy ways in my marriage and in my kids. And like, what I don't want to do is have another generation of emotionally jacked up kids. So (laughs) to God be the glory that I am still quote unquote single. And I'm just actually like 
looking forward to like what he does with that because of this better understanding of like time and that like it's never going to be too late for what I want. So I can trust him with that desire completely because in the meantime, he and I have a covenant. And like, as I continue to like increasingly surrender and submit my will to him, like my life just gets better and better. I get more and more like Jesus and more and more like the woman that he has in mind for me to be. So when I do meet my spouse and do get married, like it'll be a good time for him because he'll have a wife that has a good understanding of covenant and we can have a fun marriage. Like I'm so... Well, it is a lot of work. It's hard, you know, and so no judgment, but it can also be fun. And I feel like that's part of how God designed it to be is fun. Like it's supposed to be fun. You're supposed to be friends. So hopefully you guys, even if you are offended by something that I said, maybe just take it to the Lord and think about it and process like, why do you feel some type of way? And once again, if you want to listen to Songtober, you're welcome to do that. Take heart, friends. I'll be back to chat to you soon. Okay, bye.